Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inahu wa nasta'gfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shurure anfusina wa min sayyati amalina min yadhilla fala mudillala wa man yudlilhu fala hadiyala wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la wa nashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh amma ba'd fa'udhu billahi min ashaytanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون الحمد لله O praise to Allah الرحمن الرحيم who gave us Islam who gave us the truth ثم الحمد لله O praise to Allah الرحمن الرحيم who gave us in Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم the best example to follow. Thumma alhamdulillah, O praise to Allah Rahman Rahim, who gave us the Quran, the book of guidance. This book, if we hold on tight to, in connection with the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, guarantees us success in the dunya, and more importantly, guarantees us success in the akhir, inshallah for all of us and our families. Inshallah for the khutbah today, I wanted to cover something which is a heart-to-heart conversation. And I wanted to start this conversation by quoting this beautiful ayah of the Qur'an and all the ayat, all the verses of the Qur'an are beautiful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says about Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Aswa al-Ma'idah, وَنِحْكُمْ بَيْنْهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَتَّبِئَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ وَحَزَرْهُمْ أَنْ يَفْتَنُوكَ عَنْ بَعْدِ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ In the translation of the meaning of this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, and follow what has been revealed to you. And do not follow their desires. And be careful. And it's a warning to. Be careful that you don't get taken away, seduced from even a small part of what has been revealed to you. So here is a reminder, here is a warning, here is a command. Here is an order from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Follow what has been revealed to you and do not follow their desires. If I ask a rhetorical question, which is this command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has addressed to, who was it referring to? And all of us would naturally say it's referring to us as Muslims. Follow what has been revealed to you. And subhanAllah, I'm not going to stand here and disagree with you. For sure, it is a command to us. But when it was revealed, this was a command, this was a reminder, this was an advice given to who? To Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And none of us could even imagine, could even contemplate, or even accept that the Rasulullah would ever follow other than what has been revealed to him. 
It is impossible. And anyone who says something, we would question them with regards to their deen. But if this is the advice and a warning and a reminder from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then by greater reasoning, how much of it is a reminder for us, for myself and yourself? This is a heart-to-heart compensation. How much of this is a reminder to me and you with regards to follow what has been revealed to you and do not follow their desires? And I want to cover this ayah by what is called Azbaba Nazul, which was what was the situation, what was the circumstance, what was the cause of the revelation of this verse. And it was narrated that Rasulullah he was approached by community leaders, one of which was Ka'ab ibn Asad. They were the notables, and they came to the Prophet and said, Oh Muhammad, you know us. We are the priests and we are the leaders of our community. If we follow you, the entire community will also follow you. We are more than happy to believe in you and to follow your message. But we just have one condition. And what was that condition? That we have a dispute with some people and we want you to make a decision Remember this word. To make a decision that will favor us. And if you make this decision that favors us over this dispute, then we will believe in you and we will follow your message. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse. When you make a decision, don't make a decision which comes from the heart. Don't make a decision which you believe is easy. Don't make a decision which you think is beneficial for you. Rather make a decision that is according to the revelation, according to the Quran and Sunnah. And obviously Rasulullah he judged according to what was revealed, which was not in the benefit of this community and they disbelieved. Now what is the heart to heart I'm trying to get to from this conversation? Rasulullah had a lot to gain if he accepted, if he conceded, if he was willing to take this condition. An entire community would have become believers. The difficulty that the Prophet was experiencing would have been overcome by the ease of a community that opposed him now believed in him. Security would have been increased. Comfort, ease, prosperity would have been in the hands and the possession of Rasulullah That is what he had to gain, which is huge. We talk as families, we talk as people responsible as parents with regards to what? We want to establish ease and comfort and prosperity for ourselves and our families. Heart to heart, isn't that the decision either we made or our parents made in why we left the Muslim world and traveled all the way here in order to settle down, in order to find the ease, in order to find the tranquility, in order to find the comfort, in order to find the prosperity, wealth, education, house, name it. That's what we did. That was the benefit that the Prophet had on one side. 
But what did he have to lose? Sallallahu alayhi wa What did he have to lose? And it was simply one thing. It would be losing the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Heart to heart. I ask all of us, like I ask myself, when I sit with my family, and we talk about the decisions that we have made throughout our life. What have we really gained? And actually, what have we really lost? We gained ease, we gained peace, we gained comfort, we gained status, we gained prosperity, we see our children develop and progress academically, and then move into the world where they become secure in their careers. We have houses that we are proud of, that we built with our effort. Oh, we've gained a lot. And by the way, don't get me wrong. Islam expects and requires for us to work in the dunya to secure these things. That isn't the issue in itself. My issue is, in all the effort we have made to achieve what we've gained, what have we potentially lost? And that is why this verse is beautiful because it was a reminder to Rasulullah that what you think you may gain, look what you would lose. And what could we have potentially lost? Again, I go speak heart to heart. When I look at my family and look at my children and look at my deen and look at my relationships, I ask, I've got all of the things that I can stand back and be proud of. Degree, masters, senior position as an executive, flying around the world, business cards that I'm happy to share with people. I've got children, established, settled, working, alhamdulillah, very comfortable. I've gained all of these things. But what could I have lost in the process? I may have lost my connection to my ummah. Am I really connected to my ummah and the issues which affect my ummah around the world? I'm so preoccupied with what I'm dealing with my life, I forget what is the life of the ummah. Rasulullah he said, The Muslims are one ummah to the exclusion of others. And let me be slightly controversial in this regard. We have these labels. And these labels question who we truly are in terms of our identity. <coughs> Am I Asian? Am I an Arab? Am I an Asian Muslim? An Arab Muslim? Am I a Turk? Am I a British Muslim? You can tell probably by my accent. Am I a British Asian? Am I an American Asian? I'm an American Muslim. What am I? What is my life? What is my identity? And this identity, how does it connect me or disconnect me from the rest of who I consider to be my family. Not the one simply at home, but the other 2.2 billion that also declared the Shahada like I have. That also believe in what I believe in. What's my connection to them? What have I gained? What have I lost? Truly am I connected to this Ummah or not? What have I gained? What have I lost in terms of my deen? And I give you my simple analogy with regards to this. If you go to a car showroom and say to the salesman, excuse me, I'd like to, I'd like to purchase a car. And he goes to the, the back and comes out with a steering wheel. He goes, sir, there you go, here's your car. 
We would never accept it. I said, I didn't come here to purchase a steering wheel. I said, I want a car. He goes, sir, you, you really are driving a hard bargain. He goes back, comes back, and comes with an engine. Here's your car. You still would not accept it. He goes back and comes up with a, set of, a pair of wheels, a set of wheels. Goes back, comes up with the seats. Would you still accept it? We would never accept it. Because we didn't ask for parts of a car. We asked for a car. That's what I want to purchase. That's what I want to buy. What's the analogy for this? What have we lost in terms of our deen? Our prayer, our fasting in the month of Ramadan, our hajj, inshallah, we're all able to do if we haven't done this already. Giving zakah, inshallah, we have the means to give zakah. But all of these are parts of Islam. This is not Islam. We will never accept parts of a car. But how can we've accepted just parts of Islam and put the rest to one side? Look what we've gained. But look what we've lost. And what about in terms of our family? Look what we've gained. Children have degrees. Children have masters. They're working for big companies now. Alhamdulillah, we're very satisfied. We as parents are already planning the next steps with regards to marriage and everything else for their life. We've done all of these things. But what have we lost in terms of our connection even with our children? Where are they in terms of their deen? Where are they in terms of their identity? How much have we really sacrificed for them to achieve success? But the success contained or related to the deen is absent. What have we gained and what have we lost? And I speak on a personal level because it is a heart-to-heart issue. And I really hope this Connection to this verse I mentioned at the beginning. Becomes clearer for us. And judge between them by what has been revealed to you and do not follow them. And be careful, they take you away from even a part of what is revealed to you, meaning they take you away from a part of the deen. What have we done with regards to our life? But what have we lost? with regards to our deen, with regards to our connection. Points for reflection, inshallah, will make a very simple point, inshallah, in the second part, where we can conclude. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulullah, sayyidina al-ameen, alladhi ja'a bil-huda wa din al-haq, layudhiru ala dini kulli, وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم إن الله وملائكته يسلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم عذ الإسلام والمسلمين إن شاء الله very quickly very briefly I want to tell you a philosophy this philosophy and it's not a philosophy about Islam 
It's an idea which I came across from somebody who I respect very, very deeply. I was in a conversation, and I'm the kind of person that is willing to listen to everyone and anyone just to pick up any gold nuggets of advice which can help improve myself in terms of my connection to the deen, in terms of the responsibility that we all have. And I said to this brother, subhanAllah, just give me some advice. He looked at me and said to Burhan, just remember the following thing. I said, okay, tell me what is this following thing I should remember for the rest of my life. And it connects to the first part of the khutbah. He said, whatever you do in your life, and there's many things you'll be doing in your life on a daily basis. From the moment you wake up, from the moment you go to sleep, from the moment you were born until you die, there's many, many things you will be doing, and there may be things that you are not doing. But remember the following philosophy. And obviously I was very, very eager, very impatient. Can you just hurry up, cut to the just tell me what it is that I need to know. He goes, sabr, have sabr, patience. He goes, here it is. And remember this very, very well. He said, whatever you do, if the people are pleased with you, and Allah is unhappy with you, you have been a failure. I mean, that sounded very obvious. But actually, it means a lot when we think about it. He said, if you do something, and the people aren't happy with you, but Allah is happy with you, then you are successful. He said, ideally, you want the best of both worlds. That people are happy with you, and Allah is pleased with you, but if you had to make a decision, if you had to make a choice, what matters more than anything else is that Allah is happy with you, and Allah is pleased with you. Brothers, how often the decision that we've made is because we're pleasing Maybe somebody other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Either it's ourselves, our circumstances, or people around us, our family, or people further out, our relatives and people further afield, our colleagues, all the people that we have made effort to make happy. But in the process, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala naraz him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unhappy and upset with what we've done. And if I really hope what we take from this is just a very mentality that when we reflect on our life, but more importantly, moving forward, when we move forward in terms of our life, we have this as a basic principle. That what am I trying to achieve? This decision that I'm making, the benefit I'm trying to achieve, what could I potentially also be losing? And what you could be losing may not be material. But what we lose, which is material, inshallah, we will always recover in the akhirah. This dunya is always going to be temporary for all of us. But what we lose is something we never want to lose in the akhirah, which is Jannah Tafadus. And therefore, at the end of the day, our decisions must be premised, and our connection must be premised upon what will please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in end, please, as a reminder to myself and a reminder to you, Ask these questions. Where is our connection to the deen? As a deen, not parts of the deen. Where is our connection to our ummah? And our ummah isn't in Pakistan, or in India, or in Hyderabad, or in Chicago. It's anywhere where the Muslim is. That is our ummah. And their issues, their concerns, and their affairs are our affairs. And then what is our connection to our family with regards to where we want them to be? Inshallah, I end there and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us an iman 
that is unshakable, a strength that is unbreakable, that we please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and never displease Him. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and never show Him any ingratitude. And we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we never forget Him. And may Allah secure us in the dunya with our families and secure us with the Akhir Jannah for those, inshallah, for all of us and those that are loved to us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.